Hello and welcome to episode four of the Navigating EU Exit podcast, where we're discussing how to navigate life outside of the European Union for industries and businesses across the board. Because after years of negotiations, deadlines and if, buts and maybes, we have a deal and the UK is no longer part of the single market and customs union. Today, we're sticking with the experts and this time turning our attention to the insurance sector with Gloucestershire brokers Alistair James Insurance. As we've been hearing throughout this series, brought to you by GFirst LEP, Swindon and Wiltshire LEP and the West of England Combined Authority, there are a number of logistics to consider and avenues to explore now Britain has left the EU. Alistair Roberts is the founding director and we started off the conversation by discussing the firm's expertise. Alistair James Insurance Brokers uh, is an independent general insurance broker, uh, so we look after commercial insurance and uh, private client insurance. Uh, the commercial insurance predominantly is commercial property insurance, uh, liability and construction. Uh, and the private client side specifically is in the high net worth sector, so uh, high value home and contents, valuables, uh, but also second homes, which can be UK uh, second homes or in uh, overseas in Europe. So that leads us nicely onto the next bit of talking about Europe and specifically the EU exit. Just talk me through a little bit about how things have been affected in the insurance industry with the EU exit, sort of up to the 1st of January of this year and and then from there. I think a lot of it up to the 1st of January was um, a what-if situation. No one quite knew exactly what was going to happen, so there was a lot of... um, if this happens, you'll need to do this, or this might happen. But um, uh, as it happened, I think the biggest thing was really um, the the marketplace, if you like, because um, previously uh, EU-based uh, insurers could could passport into the UK, um, and obviously now that that isn't possible to, to do business with UK citizens. So really, it's more the, I guess, a shrinking marketplace, which was which was the issue that um, now if those insurers want to carry on transacting business, they'll have to set up. Uh, a UK-based office here, so look into logistics of that. But also for UK insurers, if they want to keep dealing with, um, or, and indeed brokers, with uh, EU citizens, they'll have to look at setting up offices uh, in a EU-based country. So I think it's all the logistics of that in terms of how that was going to work and, and the staffing as well. So in terms of getting your head around that and working out how that was going to work, did that involve a lot of research and knowledge how did you then implement the the changes that have now been made um i think for us as a, as a business it's not it's not impacted us too much in terms of our client base it's it's really all based in in the uk so it wasn't wasn't an issue for us but i know that um you know other people that i've, I've worked with have had to look at setting up an office uh in dublin for example so they can get the benefits of of, of the eu and it's just yeah looking at the most cost effective ways of doing that and on, on and who which insurers they're using because it may be that previous insurers uh, aren't now writing that sort of business so they may have to look at uh, completely replacing a whole book of business to a different insurer if it wasn't appropriate for some of their clients needs um, so yeah looking at the best ways of doing that looking at your clients and, and, and what the next steps are. I think every industry has been impacted haven't they and particularly for someone like yourselves or other insurance brokers who are having to offer advice to clients were there a lot of questions coming through when that you know those initial conversations were starting and when we found out about the deal? I certainly received inquiries from clients that although they're based here in the UK they were 
you know they do have business overseas and want to know um, how it would affect them um, and really I found from it, it's literally each case on its own merit every business is different and, uh, and and offers different services to different people and it just literally depended on on what the business was and um, yeah what the insurer offered and speaking to the insurer so it was just really a case of of having open conversations um, and, and a lot of it actually has remained unchanged in terms of, of the insurance side of it um, so a lot of it is really just a peace of mind because our business has got a lot to worry about at the moment in terms of, you know, what they're doing. So if anything, it was just to say, no, you know, you've told us it's the insurers are aware of your activities that that can still count as before. And it's just one less thing for them to worry about. Definitely a game of reassuring clients, isn't it? It's what I'm hearing a lot that people just want to know that they're doing the right thing and they're abiding by the new rules and that they are working within the new regulations. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and just make sure they don't breach. So with insurance, I think um, sometimes people don't uh, appreciate, you know, the need to be open and disclose. I think what they didn't want is to, to be conducting business and and think they've done everything they need to do in terms of being efficient in terms of perhaps tax and, and if they're exporting and you know and then they sort of forget about the insurance then you don't want an issue to arise and oh you know we didn't notify the insurer or something minor like that so again it's just a another thing for them to do to know that they can do their business and and you know they've got the cover which they which they expect you've already touched on the fact that it hasn't really changed the way you work um, in particular but have there been any areas you've had to look at more um, it's more really with with the companies in terms of, of, of giving advice um, really looking ahead at what their current procedures are and if following uh, you know the exit is how have they been affected by so for example things like goods in transit if they're exporting uh, whereas previously it might have taken, a couple of days to reach destination for their goods it might because of border checks or documentation that might process might be be longer so it might be you know it is an underwriting factor if, if there's if there's uh, goods that are out longer it is considered more of a risk so you know if it is taking longer to let us know because the insurers need to be to need, need to, you know be aware of that um so it's just a fact just just reminding clients just really just to to think of everything really like that is it a case-by-case -case basis, do you think, in this scenario? Is it very much taking each client as they come, depending on what they're doing and what they're insuring? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, there isn't really a, you know, this is Brexit and therefore this now is the case. It's, um, I think with a lot of businesses, the insurance almost comes last. So, you know, they'll have, when you set up a business, you think about what you want to do, who your customers are, how you're going to do it. And then, you know, you, you arrange the insurance. You don't set up the business and think the first thing I'll do is just think about the insurance that sort of comes last really so um, I think it's really that they've, they've done that side of things already so it is just literally case by case look at the business what they do um, and I guess you know ask them you know has anything changed for you following Brexit so it might be if they have issues with suppliers um, if they're store sometimes there can be a delay or you know with storage or they're worried about storage they might take in more stock than normal not panicking but in case they're worried about stock getting to them so whereas they might be insuring x amount well actually that needs to be increased now because you've got or you're using overflow facilities you know separate locations to store extra stock in case uh, there's an issue with um, with goods coming in so again it is literally looking at each business and, and, and speaking with them and, and finding out 
if anything's changed. And that importance of having an open conversation, I can imagine, is vital. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you really can't afford, if someone's taken out a policy three, four, five years ago, you can't just, when it's due for an all, just it, for a role, you carry on the same basis as before. You really need to be asking questions now and saying, look, you know, what's changed and, and finding out about the business. And I think, so from my point of view, if you, you really have to know the business and, and know the client well. You can't just expect it just to carry on it and it'll be okay. You have to find out what they're doing, what's changed and, and how you can, can help them. And I think one of our roles is really, you know, try and highlight emerging risks. So it might be that things you haven't, haven't thought about just to, to consider, you know, like the, the extra stock or things like that. So, you know, just to try and put it into the front of their mind. Every client's different. You get some clients that um, are very open and will always tell you, every, you know, everything, which is great. And, and some that just don't, you know, the insurance is a bit of an afterthought almost. So it is, I think, on that side, definitely having to be proactive and just remind clients um, because we've got a duty to, to make a fair presentation of a risk to insurers so equally if we've not if we've missed something or we've not asked a question perhaps that we should have you know there's a responsibility on us as a as a company that's given advice you know to, to do it correctly so there's an onus on us and and on them as well we've talked a lot about sort of exporting goods and, and the insurance around that but are there any other areas of insurance that are really affected by the eu exit um i think construction is a is a fairly big one um okay we're looking at, you know, potentially uh, costs may go up. It's, uh, you know, reinstatement costs, rebuilding costs might go up, whether that's because we need to import uh, certain materials that might that might cost more to import now. Um, or, you know, in terms of the movement of people, you know, I think there was um, a lot of our workforce, you know, came from the EU, which might um, might be more tricky now. Um, and if there's a skills shortage, which I think there was beforehand, that's, that's going to be even greater now and obviously if there's more of a, de- a demand for that and less supply then that could put costs up so certainly for people like property developers it, it might put costs up and people insuring their properties may need to have that re-evaluated to make sure that that is still you know the, the sums insured they've got are still adequate um, and the same applies to, to stock as well if people are if the cost of stock and, and, and manufacturing is going up the sums insured may need to be looked at as well the traveling um, things like green cards, for example, you know, if people are driving uh, abroad now, they obviously have to have a, a green card, which is a proof of insurance. You know, they will need that to, to be able to drive in, uh, in another country. And if you don't have that, you'll get stopped at the border and it'll, it'll be tricky. And I know, I think those are sort of day-to-day things that people uh, think about. But it's just checking if you are doing something different with the EU, just, well, I'm just doing, just checking, make sure you read about it online, speak to somebody just to make sure that you know you have got all the bases covered. There are all those logistics to consider and areas that might not even have crossed people's minds when it comes to the EU exit and Britain leaving the EU, where actually they are really important and they will be affected now. Yeah, and that's what I, I do think, as I say, it's sometimes it's uh, businesses so worried about running their business day to day that that's the priority and, and sometimes the insurance comes as a, a secondary to that. But uh, that's why I think, as I say, you, know, you have to be proactive and just make sure that these things have been thought about because a business might think oh thank goodness for that you know we're still you know we're still able to supply our customers and and but haven't perhaps thought of the the spin-off or the repercussions of of other of other aspects is it more of a costly business now do you think is it going to cost more or is that very much case by case basis too uh, i think it's case by case basis i mean insurance is generally um entering a hard market anyway which means there's less 
um, capacity or less insurers in the market anyway, which has put costs up. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, if some of the EU insurers decide they don't, you know, the costs aren't worth having a UK based office here and they decide to, to withdraw, then if you've got less capacity, then it's going to put the costs up because there's less supply. So it's just supply and demand, you know, it's going to, it, it, it could, it could well go up. Yes. When it comes to insuring sort of the EU risks, are you working with EU brokers in any of this? Is, is there, are those conversations that you're having to have? Uh, not working with EU brokers, but um, certainly looking, as I say, with clients with, with EU risks. Um, and I mentioned we talked about you know, property overseas as well. Generally, in my experience, like, you know, I've been quite fortunate that the rule of thumb, generally, not always the case, but if, 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 if it's a mixed uh, risk, if you like, so an, a UK-based client, but there's an EU element involved, the insurer is quite happy to, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to carry that on, so it, it's not a problem. But other insurers like Zurich, for example, I know uh, um, if there's part UK, that the sort of UK side of it will deal with it here, but their EU office will deal with the um, the overseas element, if you like. So it's it's which is fine because they're a big organisation. So again, it's just finding the right risk for the the right insurer for the clients. Have you got any particular examples of challenges that you and clients have had to overcome? Maybe not from yourself, but from other people within the industry that you've spoken to or that you're aware of and you think actually that might be worth talking about so that other people can benefit from knowing that? I think the biggest one is, is logistics, from what I hear from speaking with people. Just um, it is causing you know problems in terms of transport, exporting goods, Um and I think that is the biggest one. So I think clients will start to look at potentially whether it's worth setting up uh, offices overseas in, in the EU to try and get around that and look at uh, alternative ways of transporting and exporting. Um, so I think that is that is going to be a, a big factor. And I think, as we've, we've touched upon already as well, just, just trying to seek advice from different types of people. Um, you know, and they've had, you know, solicitors, for example, and, and, and accountants. It's really just trying to, if companies can be open and just try and seek advice, there's so many different elements that uh, that each can contribute and just try and, and speak to people in your own industry as well um, and just find out what they're doing. I think, um, I, and because it's still evolving, there's no, you know, we've left and now this is the case, you know, it is still constantly changing. So what is the case now might not be the case in six and 12 months, you know, down the line. So it's always evolving. So I think it is important to keep seeking that advice from, experts in your own industry and and outsiders as well well that is the case you know there is still much of the deal to be decided and we're in a position where preparations need to be put in place are there any sort of areas of insurance in particular that you think clients should be looking towards or people should be considering i mean there could be so many really it's it's difficult without without knowing but i think things like um data protection i know obviously we had gdpr that came in um which is obviously an eu directive and we're, we're predominantly sticking with it but i know the uk there may be slight potentially you know variants on it so again looking at uh client data holding that how that affects you in terms of things like cyber security and cyber insurance um, you know, loss of data is a, is a big thing. So, you know, potentially that could be something to look at. Um, and selling goods as well. I think there's uh, the Consumer Goods Act, um, if, I think was, was relevant when we're in the EU, but now we're out of it, it can affect us slightly differently. And I know that's being going to be looked at as well. So I think with legislation, it's um, that is one of the things that, that's always changing. So it's just trying to keep on, on top of how that affects that business individually.
And I guess with insurance, you know, it's always trying to prepare for, for any outcome. You can always try and prepare for the unknown. But, you know, I think even with COVID, we've just seen, you know, 18 months ago, no one would have foreseen the situation we're in now. So you can do all the the preparation, you know, in, in the world and something just happened that you just you just weren't aware of. So it's just really doing all that you reasonably can to to prepare for it. And, you know, a lot of insurance is is, is about risk risk management and risk preparation so it's if you are changing your business activities if you are doing things differently um you know just look at make sure what you're doing is the best way and that's what you know speak i'm happy to speak to people and just give advice on if they are looking to do it well have you thought about this have you thought about that and just make sure you prevent a loss rather than using insurance purely just to to reimburse you hopefully it happens to it but if you can prevent it happening in the first case that's the most important thing how can people get in touch with you alistair if they want to use your services contact me by telephone which is uh, Cheltenham 01242 uh, 3710058 or all the details on the website which is ajamesinsurance.co.uk A big thank you to Alistair from Alistair James Insurance Brokers. We know there is a lot for you to consider across the board here and as we've heard from our experts in the legal sector, accountancy and now insurance, The clear message is to plan ahead, but where needed, also seek advice, which is where we come in too. So as always, we've included all of the relevant links in the description and encourage you to get in touch with any and all questions regarding your transition to this new world. Because remember, we really are all in it together.